0: My name is Andrew Mills. I'm the associate pastor at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi, and this is the uh, Unstoppable Youth Worker. Uh Oh, I don't need it. I'm going to warn you up front that this may feel a little bit like drinking from a fire hose because there are a ton of aspects to self-care that are worth discussing. And my aim is to present several of them and then, then we'll have time for, for discussion. But I want to start by saying thank you for the, for the work that you're doing. Whether you're a youth worker or a youth advocate, you are doing the Lord's work. It's important work. It's good work. And, of course, it is hard work. And for a lot of reasons, and one of the biggest is the constant demand on your time. You've got Sunday school lessons to prepare for, youth group lessons, small group lessons, volunteer recruiting and training camps and retreats, mission trips, service projects, youth Sundays, VBS, school visits, hospital visits, counseling sessions. Some of you do fundraisers, staff meetings, Christmas and Easter, out of school and back to school events, outreach events, uh, not to mention the you know, plethora of other church-wide events. And this list could go on and on and on. And once you finally make it through the gauntlet, the year starts over and you do it all again. And that is just the demands that come from the job. You still have other responsibilities, uh, perhaps as a student, or as a spouse, as a parent. In ministry, you know, your work, family, and personal responsibilities often blur together throughout the week so that it can be hard to even know when you're actually on or off duty. <laughs> you know, it, it's not a job where you can clock in and clock out. Uh, ministry doesn't work like that. And because you feel like you're always on duty, it's hard to find time to develop good, meaningful friendships. You know, most of your time is spent with people from church. And, and people from church are wonderful, but it's hard to develop a deep friendship with someone who, who you can't truly be yourself. Uh, because they will always see you differently. They'll see you in your role. And you can't, it's not always safe to be vulnerable. And so ministry can often be lonely. Then you add to that the constant pressure to measure success in terms of outcomes. By that, I mean numbers. You know, it's hard to measure spiritual growth, but it's easy to measure attendance patterns. But we don't have nearly as much control over attendance as we think or that other people think. And the the things that attract the greatest numbers of people are rarely the things that spark the most spiritual growth. And so there's a constant balancing act between fun and serious, and there's voices coming in both ears advocating for you to value one over the other. And it's human nature to want to feel successful, and we want others to think that we're doing a good job. And so we feel the pressure to perform for everyone. And, and, you know, this pressure comes from well-intentioned elders, comes from parents, comes from youth committees, it comes from pastors, it even comes from the youth, you know, when they ask, where is everybody? And, of course, we put pressure on ourselves. And if the demands of the job weren't hard enough, you can add to it the perception of youth ministers. You know, youth workers are often asked questions like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to graduate out of youth ministry and become a real pastor? Uh, People often try to go over your head and bring a complaint straight to the senior pastor. Some people think that you're getting paid to have fun. Like, you know, camp is vacation, right? And and of course, you you and I both know there are a lot of fun things about the job, but it is exhausting work. And when people make those comments, it feels like we're being unappreciated. And that is the last thing that you need to feel when you're already worn out from the work. So now that i painted a gloomy picture of ministry, (laughs) talking about the things that might stop us, let me change my focus to how to be an unstoppable youth worker. And I'm going to start with how you measure success. It's important to measure success so that you know that you're doing good work. The best measure of success is in terms of faithfulness. Are you faithfully carrying out what you are called to do? Disciple youth. Are you praying for the youth, teaching them the gospel, and showing them Christ's love? Now, you can't make a youth believe. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But you can faithfully teach the gospel and trust God to do His work. So you do what you can, faithfully, and rely on God to provide the results rather than stressing about what you can't control. Now, to lead faithfully, you must be faithful. And so it is critical that you take care of yourself spiritually. Now, you were a lamb before you were called to be an under-shepherd. And you are still a lamb to the great shepherd. And I imagine that you, you need little direction here, just the encouragement to do what you know you ought to be doing. You know, carve out time. To read scripture. And not just for the sake of preparing a lesson, but for your own edification. Spend time in prayer and read good books. Because you can't lead someone to a place that you've never been. And if you stop growing spiritually, your ministry effectiveness will plateau. And then it will start to diminish. And then you'll start to doubt your call. Now just as you need to take care of yourself spiritually... You also need to take care of yourself physically. And there are several aspects to this. One one that is easily overlooked is the importance of sleep. You know, Jesus slept. I mean, just think about how much more he could have accomplished if he didn't sleep. (laughs) But he did, because we need rest. You know, establish a bedtime and stick to it as much as possible. Uh, retreats and special occasions should be exceptions, not the rule. And know that nothing good has ever come from an up-all-night lock-in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and having young children uh, has helped me understand how vital sleep is to functioning well. It just, it is totally changes the way their whole day based on their sleep. So you can obey God's command to love others much better when your body is well-rested. So make it a priority. Uh, Carve out time to exercise and make sure to eat healthy. This is an area I'm working on, and it's a challenge because, I mean, you guys know the youth ministry diet. (laughs) Kids eat a lot of junk food. There's always pizza. And and so it's, it's, it's an important thing to take care of yourself so that you have the energy. And one of the most important things that you can do is set and maintain boundaries. This is very hard to do because you are doing good work. And no one is going to tell you to do less good work. But there is no shortage of good things that you can do. You can't do every good thing. So, you have to say no to things. And you're already saying no to things, but you might need to say no to more things. Especially if you're feeling on the edge of burnout. You're exhausted, worn out. You know, not all good ideas are great ideas. Some things produce incredible results and others would hardly be noticed if you stopped doing them. So think through the different things in your ministry. You know, this takes time to carve out and plan your ministry, but think about it. What are the truly valuable things? What, what is going well? And do more of those things. Now, people will tell you about the wonderfully successful program that another church is doing. That does not mean that you need to do it too. It could be a good idea, but it also could be a good idea for them and their unique context, and it wouldn't work in your context. So don't feel like you need to try every good idea. Set reasonable weekly hours and try to stick to them. Um, you know, if I were to ask you, what does your week look like? I bet I'd get a lot of hmm, I don't know. It you know, depends on the week and you're know, rushed by emergencies and that kind of thing. Uh, but try as much as possible to set a schedule. You know, some weeks will be busier than others, but compensate for the busy weeks by taking time off. You know, if you had a busy weekend, don't come in on Monday. And see, both, most youth workers are empowered to set their own schedule, but they don't know it. You know, a lot of youth workers have never worked a job where they played a managerial role, uh, especially if they just got this job out of college. So I'm telling you, take time off. Come, you know, don't work 90-hour weeks followed by 90-hour weeks, that's ridiculous. Nobody can do that. Have periods of time without youth group. The world will continue. It will carry on if you don't have youth group for a Sunday or two in a row or whenever you do it. You know, take a couple of weeks of break after school gets out. It's like medicine for the soul before you know the summer camps, your know, summer schedule. And make sure that you use all of your vacation time. It doesn't typically roll over. And if you don't know how much you're entitled to, and I say this because sadly I, I was bad about this. You know, I didn't know or I, I didn't didn't use it all but make sure you know and if you don't know ask your pastor ask the elders how much you are allowed to take off and plan to take it off Uh, and you have to do it in advance if you don't things will pop up that you will commit to and once you commit to it then you you need to try and stick to your commitments or that affects your relationships Um, so if you plan it out in advance then you can schedule it and realize you are going to miss things. When you're gone, you know, crazy things might happen. You know, somebody might die. Some uh, special event in the life of the church is going to happen. Realize it will happen without you. Uh, and and it, it is better to take that time off because if you, keep, you can keep pushing yourself to work for a while. But eventually you will crash. And the kingdom of God is served by you resting better than it is from you burning out. And if you have a family, know that it is very important to limit your late nights and your weeks away. You know, I I personally try to limit late nights to three a week, which is for me typically youth group, small groups, and a meeting, whether it's session or youth, you know, some sort of meeting. Uh, But even if you don't have family, you should still practice healthy boundaries because one day you might marry. And then you will fail to meet the expectations that you have previously established by your poor boundaries. Or you will set up the person who comes after you for unreasonable expectations. And that happened to me. I had two interns that were working before I was hired and they were dating. They did tons of youth activities and they, they did those activities as an excuse to spend time together. You know, they, they love spending time together, so I invite some youth and, and they can have great dates. Uh, and the kids loved them for it. They were always available. But then shortly after I was hired, they got married. And then they disappeared completely. And the parents expected me to maintain the same level of activity that they had done, which was unsustainable. Now the next part of being unstoppable is to take care of yourself mentally. Again, if, if you are married, prioritize your family. If you love your family well, they will sustain you through hard times in ministry. And when you experience conflict at work, it is a great comfort to know that you're going home to a family who loves you, warts and all. Now, a marriage is covenantal, not conditional. So you should be able to be vulnerable to your family and still be loved by them. But you will have to do your job of loving them well so that they can love you well. And put effort into developing friendships outside of the church. You know This will be impossible for you to do if you're working too much. Uh, so balance your work and carve out time to make friends. And I especially recommend that you try to make friends with other youth workers in your area uh, because it's easier. You already have a lot in common and you can bounce ideas off each other. And when you're dealing with conflict, it's helpful to get another perspective from someone who has nothing invested in that conflict and they can help you see or think about things that you overlooked. And try to seek out a mentor. And this can be really hard to find. So pray for one. You want someone with experience and a willingness to help. This could be a pastor or an elder, but it's very helpful if you can find someone who can be a confidant, which means someone that you could tell, any, tell anything to without fear of losing your job. So, so someone who can talk you off a ledge, and this might be another youth worker or pastor in the area, but these relationships can be vital. One other thing related to taking care of yourself mentally is to make time for hobbies. You, know, you need something that can take your mind off work and provide enjoyment. It's a good use of your time to have a hobby. And the final area I wanna challenge you in is to lead. You know, it is not your job to do everything. You can't do everything. So build a team. This is a good thing to invest your time in. Build a team of people who love the Lord and are willing to serve Him alongside you in ministry. Equip and empower them to do ministry. You know, One thing that stressed me out early in youth ministry was when people would come up to me with, with their good idea and I would hear it and think, there's no way that I can do that. But I was missing what seems obvious to me now, that they were the perfect people to lead it. You know, people with skill sets that are different from mine and a passion for the idea. You know, I couldn't decorate a room to save my life or cook for a group. But one of our best events of the year is a, is a luncheon after church where the youth serve dinner and do a program for the older members of our church. And I have a volunteer who handles all the decor on a the theme. They plan it and the kids put it together. Another volunteer handles the food. They get the recipe, they get the ingredients and, and have the kids make the food. And I handle the programming because that's what I like to do. And it's amazing what can be done when you give people the opportunity to use their gifts. And you've you got to empower them. You've got to let them mess up and make choices. Uh, don't micromanage them. Just set them loose. And I highly recommend that you find people from the church who can run youth group Or Sunday school without you. You know, it is wonderful to take your time off and know that youth ministry is still going on in your absence, but you need a team to do that. So pray and look for those people. And on the topic of leadership, I challenge you to develop a thick skin and a tender heart. We, we, we tend to be a sensitive bunch, we, we take things personally far too easily, and you know, many of us are young, and, and just being drawn to ministry, we have tender hearts. And I, I heard a quote that is, is very helpful, and I've reworded it a little, but it goes like this, "'Never attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by ignorance.'" You know, sometimes someone will say or do something that bothers you, but do not assume that they did it to be mean. It's possible, but highly unlikely that they did or said what they did because they hate you. It's much more likely that they didn't think about what they said before they said it. And they said it to you, you who have been thinking about it for years. It's your job. And so we can, we can be much more offended than we really should be. Uh, so don't take everything as criticism or you will become bitter very quickly. You'll feel like everybody's against you because you need about 10 compliments to make up for one criticism, but you don't get that many compliments on the day-to-day. <laughs> yes, and, and sometimes people, they just want to vent. They don't even expect you to solve it. Sometimes you, know, you can just agree with them and, and move on. And as you lead, you'll find it necessary at times to make changes. And try to do that carefully and slowly. Some some people are spontaneous and and they'll find it fun, but others need multiple warnings and time to process their feelings uh, before the change occurs. So explain why you feel the change is important and secure buy-in. Get support for any change that you make. We do work as Presbyterians in committees. Well, let me give you an important secret. The real work is done before the committee meeting. Talk to people one-on-one and see if they agree, see what they think. And sometimes you'll find that it's better not to do something and you can save yourself a lot of trouble and heartache by not even bringing it up at the committee meeting. Other times, securing the support of people will help people feel like they're part of the change and the committee meeting will go very smoothly. It's not their first time hearing about it. They already thought about it, and now they're ready to act on it. And when a change is made by a committee, it's not your fault. You don't have to say, I decided to change X, instead you can say the committee felt that it would be better if we did X. And that prevents people from being mad at you. And the last thing I'll say is this, trust your call. Sometimes you will feel inadequate for the job. But remember that God has called you to this task, and He affirmed that call through the church that hired you. That means that you are the person for the job. So do it to the best of your ability. I'm going to pray, and then we'll open up some discussion. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the opportunity to participate in your ministry. Help us, Lord, as we discuss our work, to build one another up in love and fellowship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.